SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. This is Hour 2 of Fantasy Sports Today here on SportsGrid. We're getting you ready for Thursday night football. Bengals and Browns in the Battle of Ohio as our Thursday night football preview continues. Of course, college football is also back this weekend. The Big Ten will be returning in a month. Will the Pac-12 now follow suit? Certainly, that's up for discussion. Of course, we got NBA Eastern Conference Finals Game 2 and a whole lot more on this edition of Fantasy Sports Today. I'm Craig Mish, along with Joe Pizzapia. We welcome you back into the show. Second hour of our two-hour extravaganza here on Thursday. And Joe, certainly, first and foremost, uh, welcome back. Another Thursday, another Football weekend coming ahead of us. It used to be football Fridays. I feel like we should change it to football Thursdays now that there's Thursday night football. Uh, We should just call it football every day because it makes me happy to call it that. Uh, I'm excited for this game today. It's a a tough one tonight, though. Again, Burrow, you know, you throw him against the the Chargers first shot out of the gate, and you got Bosa on one side and Ingram on the other, and then you give him a couple days to recover from that and throw him into another game on Thursday night football. Bad scheduling. No good. This poor kid, and and again, no preseason games, hardly any OTA time or anything else like that. So uh, I'm looking forward to watching Joe Burrow stand alone tonight. I want to be able to see him a little bit more. Only got to watch highlights of that game, really, and kind of the condensed version, the extended highlight. I want to watch every snap of him tonight and see how he's adjusting to the NFL game because I saw some moments, at least, that were very encouraging in that first game, especially looking for A.J. Green. They were starting to get a little connection there. If that can carry over into this week's uh, contest, that would be very exciting. Uh, but question for you about college football, Craig. How does all this late pushback now affect some of these bowl games that are going to be going on typically, obviously around New Year's Day and things like that? Will we see it football all being pushed back as it has been? Yeah, I mean, it, it's apparent right now, at least, that the Big Ten's only going to play conference scheduling, so I don't think it'll affect all that much. It, there may be less bowl games just in general this year. I, I really have no clue at this point. That's the easy answer as to how they're going to approach it. But from a scheduling standpoint, it's not going to make a difference because the Big Ten is cramming all their games into an eight-week period. So they'll be done and ready in time for the national championship and the playoff. And if the Pac-12 decides to do the same thing next week, and I think they will, then they'll be ready as well. So... I think there'll be less bowl games, but I don't think it'll affect the bowl games in particular because, again, they're only playing in-conference schedules this year and not playing outside of the conference. So let's take a look at the headlines for today on Fantasy Sports Today. And we'll start off with the Thursday night game between the Bengals and Browns. Of course, it is the Battle of Ohio, no doubt. This is a very big one for, I would say, the Cleveland Browns. they got to come out with a win here. They're going to be off to another tough start in 2020, and they're uh, Pretty prohibitive favorite in this one, although the spread has gone down, and we'll talk about that in just a little bit. Heat and Celtics game two. Heat took game one. It was very close. It was overtime. It was one of the best defensive plays you could ask for to save a game. We'll see what happens tonight. Eastern Conference Finals, we got uh, Islanders and Lightning for game six in the NHL. Shane Bieber, who looks like the prohibitive Cy Young Award winner in the American League. Probably just, honestly, tonight's start away from uh, wrapping it up, I would think. And then uh, we're waiting on to see if the Pac-12 decides if they want to play or not. And, uh, Joe, I think that's where we'll start today. And certainly, Bieber has had a fantastic year for Cleveland. He is the prohibitive ace, I think, for them moving forward. 
And uh, I just wish that just drafting him was enough to win me a fantasy championship. But I've learned the hard way that even I'm going to have I'm going to have the Cy Young Award winner on my team like three or four years in a row without winning any titles. So it takes more than one guy. Well, it, it does. It takes a village to win a fantasy championship. There's no doubt about that. But the good news is Bieber's been outstanding and uh, he certainly is the favorite for that award. And Cleveland has just turned the page. You get another ace and you look at the rest of this rotation, too. Guys like Savali stepping up. Plesak's been very good. You had Tristan McKenzie. I know that last start wasn't great, but the first few were terrific. So it's future still very bright there. We'll see what kind of turnover the Indians really have. And speaking of Cleveland, tonight with the Browns, too. You know, Jarvis Landry's questionable. He's kind of limping into this game. He's going to play, they say. We'll keep an eye on that one and keep an eye on that for your fantasy lineups as well. However, the other receiver is the one I got my eye on. It's Odell Beckham because there's been some rumors already flying around that they're shopping him and the discontent is at an all-time high already. That didn't take long for the new coaching staff to get discontented with Odell Beckham, and I can understand why. It was not a very good performance week one. The question is, Craig, will week two's shortened week performance be better for Odell Beckham now? Probably not. That's just a guess. <laughs> it hasn't been good in over a year. Uh, also, Kenny Galladay of the Detroit Lions did not practice again today. So looks like no Galladay maybe again for the Lions in week two. Another player that I took uh, very early in fantasy drafts that there simply is no replacement for. Just uh, trying to piece, to piece this together for me in 2020 here. What a tough start injury-wise. Never expect to draft. I don't even take injured players, let alone to have guys get hurt before the season begins that's not normal usually but that's where i'm at here in 2020 all right uh what is the what does the line look like tonight between the Bengals and browns how about the total i have my opinion on that what about last year's games how did they go can we correlate any of last year to this year even though there's been coaching changes and things of that nature we're going to touch on that coming up next also we'll take a look at joe burrow's passing yards over at the FanDuel Sportsbook, and also look at Baker Mayfield as well. Just a reminder, this is the second hour of our show. If you're watching over at sportsgrid.com or by some chance you're watching on demand on YouTube, we already have an hour of this show in the books for the 17th of September. So make sure you go back, add us to your favorites, make sure you set your notifications to on, and here at Fantasy Sports Today, we're with you noon to 2 Eastern, Monday through Friday, and most importantly, on demand on our website, sportsgrid.com. Make sure you go there, like, subscribe, not just to our show, but all of the shows that we have here on the network. We're covering you 24 hours a day on fantasy, sports wagering, and of course, everything that is happening in this wild 2020 sports season as they would say. We're back with more fantasy sports today in just two minutes. Make sure you stay tuned. We'll go through tonight's NFL game. Don't go away. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Week two of the NFL season begins tonight, and as juicy as the matchup was last week between Kansas City and Houston, they got to throw Cleveland and Cincinnati at us tonight in week two. So Thursday night football is back. It is not the most desirable <laughs> game on the board, but who are we to complain? I spent three months on the show showing all of my old media credentials and things that I've been to. I'm not going to sit here and complain about an NFL game going on Thursday night. But if I had to, and I had my choice, I would take any other game than this, except for maybe Tennessee-Jacksonville. 
But that's where we're at here tonight, Joe. And, and I would say that certainly the pressure is all on the Cleveland side. Cincinnati could go 2-14 and 14 and nobody would miss a beat. Browns have to win tonight. Yeah, excited about this game. I want to see Joe Burrow. I, and, you know, by the way, speaking of those credentials, you had to show them all. I had to sit through it. It's like watching, you know, your, yeah, your cousin fun. show up from out of town. And here's some home, here's some home movies of us when we went to the Grand Canyon. You see this. You know, you're kind of clicking through in the old school slideshows. Did your did your dad have one of those weird slide projector things? Because my dad did, and there were lots of vacation slides. I remember that as a kid. I, I, you were yeah, in the same I think we had something like that. Yeah, sounds yeah, familiar. Click, yeah. click, click, click. Yeah, there's a lot of that. But I'm excited for tonight's game. Look, I'm just so happy we have football, and the fact that we get to stand alone watch Joe Burrow is great. And you're right. All the pressure is on Cleveland, so let's see how they respond if they can respond. But uh, I, I am excited to watch Kareem Hunt as well, who. By the way, in PPR week one, outscored Nick Chubb already. So here we go. We'll see if it's a Chubb game or a Hunt game or maybe none of the above. We'll find out tonight. Yeah, and if uh, Hunt does have a really big game tonight, unfortunately, Joe will not be on the show tomorrow. He's going to be taking the day off, so we won't have to hear about all that. But, uh, you know, that's just the uh, situation there. Okay, so let's go through let's go through tonight's game here against the spread and let's take a look at where FanDuel has this game right now and they do have the Browns as almost a seven point favorite the line was eight it is down to six and a half so some Cincinnati money coming in why Bengals played well last week they did they played very well against the Chargers AJ Green caught a touchdown at the end of the game he pushed off debatable i mean i suppose it was a a penalty but he did catch the touchdown they would have won the game and then bullock missed a field goal so uh that's a you know decent chargers team seven win team eight win team why can't they keep pace with the browns tonight i don't see why not total is 43 and a half and as you just saw there were two really close games uh that the two i would say blowouts but evenly played games last year between cleveland and cincinnati as the uh basically the Bengals scored a late touchdown against the browns in the last game they played last year and it was a close game between the Browns and Bengals the last time out. And so, Joe, when I look at the game tonight, I, I can't see Cleveland losing. But I guess the question is, is that you're giving a team like that six and a half points or seven points. If there was ever a point the Browns are going to turn the corner a little bit in the last two years, tonight is the night. I just haven't seen anything that points in that direction. And that's you know sort of the problem for me with this game. In a short week, it's tough to prepare as well, especially considering where we're at in the season already. I don't know. Six and a half seems like a big number to me. I really like the Bengals side of this one, to be honest with you, and I'm with you. I I do think that the the Browns will find a way to win this football game. Uh, I don't like the total. I think I would stay away from that, too, because this is definitely a game that I could see going lots of different ways, and I don't necessarily want to get involved in the total there. This could be one of those 16-13 kind of deals. That, <laughs> let's not pretend that it couldn't be. But six and a half, that seems like a whole lot to me. I think the Bengals with Joe Burrow will be competitive. Uh, they were competitive last week against a team that was far better than they were, and guess what? They had a chance to win that football game. So, I don't know, man. The Cleveland Browns... I think they will get back to running the football. I think they will get back to, you know, continuing to do what they do best, which is trying to get uh, Hunt and Chubb the football. And I think that is the safest thing they could possibly do. I also think that defense will play better after being basically embarrassed last week against Baltimore. But Baltimore embarrasses a lot of defenses. They embarrassed Houston last year when they were in Baltimore. And guess what? That rematch is coming up this week. We'll see if Houston remembers that. But I'm going to go with the the Bengals side of this one, the spread, Craig, because it just feels like I just don't have the confidence that they can pull away from anybody right now, the Browns.
Yeah, I would lean a little on the over here tonight, and I'm not usually an over guy. I like, I like, I think there's always more value in the under, but I, I do think that the two teams will put on a decent show for Thursday night football. And this isn't the dog days of November and October where teams are just so tired. They only played one game on Sunday. They should be fine. The offenses should be fine to play this game tonight. Two or three weeks from now, I'll be leaning under on every Thursday game, but uh, I'm going to lean over uh, on tonight. Joe, let's take a look at FanDuel's odds on the passing yards for both quarterbacks. We'll start off with Joe Burrow here. And Burrow of the Cincinnati Bengals, his total right now as it stands, you can bet this by going to the FanDuel Sportsbook, 238.5, of course, minus 110 to win 100. Those are just the general odds there. You're risking $110 to win 100. And I suppose if my narrative is is that it's going to go over, then either Burrow or Mayfield are going to have to go over their passing yard total. But certainly Burrow did not show what we uh last week that he's ready to throw for like 400 yards or 300 yards in a game so i think my lean would be on the under here on this but you know it's not something that i'll bet tonight yeah i think the lean's on the under for me as well and i don't think it's something worth betting either because you don't know what joe burrow's going to show up joe, that's the magic of joe burrow he is one of these guys that might come out there and just blow the doors off and we're all sitting around looking and he could throw for 300 yards in this game it's unlikely because of the lack of preparation in the short week. It's unlikely because he's still trying to get his feet wet in the offense, and he hasn't had a lot of reps. Let's be honest. Practice reps are one thing. Game reps are another. And he hasn't had a lot of game reps. So I, I am optimistic. I certainly tonight would love to see this, but I don't think it's realistic to think that. So I would definitely lean towards the under here, too, if I was wagering it. But uh, I would stay away from it because Joe Burrow is that kind of talent that could really show up and show out. And then let's look at take uh, take a look at Baker Mayfield of the Cleveland Browns and the hottest quarterback I would say in I don't know all of 2019 going into a season and then just fell flat. There really hasn't been a lot of fanfare for him. He didn't look fantastic in Week One. Not a lot of teams do look fantastic against Baltimore in Week One, but he didn't even get garbage time. You know that was disappointing for Mayfield to see. Uh, Two thirty five and a half is his passing total and uh, minus one ten to win a uh, hundred here. If not, it's the age-old question, Joe, in fantasy and reality, and it's not really fair because it's just a better narrative, and it's just fun to say, if not now, when? But really, that's sort of the deal tonight. If Mayfield doesn't have a good game tonight, then ugh, I don't want any part of this guy all season. I think he's got to have a good game. I got to go over on this one. I have to. Uh, you can. I'm going to run away. I, I just have no faith in him. What what have we seen that gives you faith in this nothing. number? The fact that Odell's going to catch You're right. We've pass, seen nothing. Right? Is, Od yeah. is Odell going to catch passes and help him out? I don't know. Probably not. Is is Jarvis Landry going to be healthy enough to really produce? Maybe. I mean, you're going to see a Higgins in this game. You've got a lot of guys in this game potentially too. And maybe that's a certain thing that Baker Mayfield has to do. Maybe Baker Mayfield has to take the reins and say, you know what? I got to find the guys that I'm comfortable with and not worry so much about getting the ball to Odell or doing this or doing that. And maybe that's part of his evolution of the quarterback. But for him to hit this number, in my mind, this means that somebody broke a, a short pass for a very long game. And that's possible. It could be a dump off to a guy like Kareem Hunt and he could run for 50 yards and, and score a touchdown even. That will certainly pad his stats. And I think against Cincinnati, that kind of a, a play is definitely possible tonight because Cincinnati can bring you know give up big plays here defensively they did it last year and you know I think the first offense they played against this week was not so great so let's not get a, a, a clear picture of just how good or bad Cincinnati is 
But with Baker Mayfield, there's definitely a fork in the road here, and it's this season because you can't now lean on the crutch of, well, it was Freddie Kitchens last year. You can't lean on the crutch of he didn't have enough good weapons a couple years ago. Now he's got the weapons. Now he's got a coach. Now he's got a system. Now he's got to perform. And I think that's where we're at with Baker Mayfield. And I'll tell you what, you're right. He should, but nothing so far has come true or come to fruition with the shoulds about Baker Mayfield. So I'm going to shy away from these as well. I want him to show me first before the shoulds taken to hold in my memory. Yeah, no, it's 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 definitely very fair. And and again, these are all uh, opinions and leans. If you choose to bet on any of these tonight, my advice to you, make your own decision here. Don't always just go by what other people say. We certainly can give you the best advice possible, but in the end, it's your money. Make the decision that works best for you. Okay, coming up next, speaking of odds, there are three lines in the NFL that we're going to take a look at each and every week. And ask the question, is the wrong team favored in the game? Should the underdog be favored? We'll answer those questions coming up next here on Fantasy Sports Today. Don't go away. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. And welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today. Thanks again to Chris on the update there. Certainly, we're back here with you on our show. We got you till 2 o'clock Eastern, and it's time now, Joe, to play a little game of is the wrong team favorite in the NFL? Now, I I like to dive into a lot of games here, Joe, honestly, but the uh, issue that we have here, ironically, is that uh, unlike weeks past and unlike all last year where we did this on our uh, radio show, we simply don't have a lot of options to go through this week, and I'm going to illustrate why. In general, when you're talking about the wrong team being favored in an NFL game, we are certainly never going to be in the position of the folks in Las Vegas or the folks in FanDuel who place these odds to tell you that a team that is a seven-point favorite should be an underdog. It's absolutely ridiculous, and we're not going to try and pretend that that's the case. So, for purposes of doing this, we try to keep it in the one to two to three range and you know, sort of ask ourselves, would it be better just essentially if you're going to bet the game and bet the dog to take the money line? Because the money mm-hmm. line could actually pay out a lot more for those of you who are novice bettors and have never done this before. Maybe you're looking at a point spread, you see plus three. If you actually bet the team to win that is plus three, as opposed to betting the spread, the money line may end up paying you a few more extra bucks. So it's something to consider. But Joe, on today's show, we don't have that luxury because there are just a lot of big favorites on the board in the NFL this week. So as we dive into the games, we have three. One of them is a pretty significant favorite, and I'm sort of even against using a game like that too. Uh, But for our purposes, that's what we're going to go ahead and we're going to take care of it on this segment. Yeah, they are tight. It's it's difficult. It is very difficult today. A lot of uh, big-time a variance this week in terms of big favorites, big underdogs. But if the NFL has taught us one thing, Craig, especially early in a season, everything that looks so easy and so obvious isn't always the case. And what Craig is saying in terms of advice is 100% correct. I took that same advice last week, put it into a wager, and won money on it on one on Jacksonville because I said, hey, I kind of like where this is going here. I think it's a really big spread. You know, screw it. I'm just going to go ahead and just bet Jacksonville. And I did. And Craig is completely right there. You can win more money on the money line. So uh, listen to him. He's very smart. He's not just uh, a pretty face. I just want everybody to know that. 
no, neither. Neither of the two. Uh, that's that's for sure. Not a pretty face, not smart either. Uh, if I was that smart betting, I wouldn't be sitting here with you. That's something to remember. Or I mean, or anyone should be sitting here. I mean, wa- wagering is not easy. And no, anybody, anybody in the world who tells you that betting is easy and they're winning a lot on betting and talking to you about it on shows like this on TV or radio are, uh, are not telling you the truth because it is not easy. It is not easy to do. And uh, Las Vegas in particular does not build hotels every single year and build stadiums for the Las Vegas Raiders by people taking their money from them in Las Vegas. They take it from losers. So on this show, we keep it real. And we're not going to tell you that anybody is is winning like crazy because that's just not going to be the case ever. But what we're going to try and do is give you the best opportunity to win. But as I said previously, about 10 minutes ago, you have to make your own decision when it comes to wagering. You can take our advice. You can listen to our advice. This is your money. And in the end, if you win or if you lose, you're the one that's going to be looking at the window. You're the one that's going to be winning or losing over on the FanDuel Sportsbook. Make sure you handle yourself appropriately. Make your own decisions on how to do this. Listen to us. Take our advice. Take the data. Make your final decision. Okay, game one that we're going to discuss here. we got the Indianapolis Colts. They're three-point favorites over the Minnesota Vikings this week. The Colts looked awful in the second half of that game. They looked great in the first half. Minnesota Vikings, here's where they look good last week. Not the first quarter, not the second quarter, not the third quarter, not the fourth quarter. Their uniforms were very clean going into the game. They looked fantastic. But once the game played, they were the worst-looking team in the NFL last week. So, Joe, I ask you, Indianapolis minus three is the wrong team favorite in the game this week. I actually think they are. I think the wrong team is favored. I, and and as bad as the Vikings looked, I think this is a huge, huge trap. Uh, I think the Vikings are going to go back. They're going to get their butt handed to them all week. You know that. I know that. You know the way his coaching staffs operate. And a defense, especially one that has aspirations and really good players on it, that was an embarrassing loss. Now, it's embarrassing at a different level because you're playing against Aaron Rodgers. It's an in-division opponent. You know, very, very tough situation anyway where, you know, a lot of familiarity. There's a lot less familiarity here with this one. And watching what I saw to Phillip Rivers, a lot of what you said came to fruition, which was the same mistakes, the same issues. And now they're down some personnel. And look, I I understand, and I'm a big Frank Reich guy, but... I do think that the Minnesota Vikings are going to have a correction here. And some of the things you did see is that offense of the Minnesota Vikings wake up in the second half of that game and scored a ton of points. Adam Thielen went off. And you could say it's garbage time all you want. Scoring points, scoring points. And that offense did look a lot better. They still have Dalvin Cook, who is probably the best talent in terms of offensively on that field. So I'm going to go with the best talent on that field. I'm going to go with the Vikings with a massive correction here. And I do think the wrong team is favored, and I think the Minnesota is actually going to win this football game, Craig. Uh, you are Mr. Anti-Rivers, so I'm curious. Do you see it the same way, or do you think, no, Colts should be favored, the Colts deserve it, the Colts are a good football team, better than they showed you last week against Jacksonville? I think the right team is favored because you always have to give the home team a minus three if they're a 500 team. That's basically the way that this works. Right. He, uh, I agree with you. I do think the Vikings have a good chance of winning this game. I think that this is not as exactly a granular question as more of a bigger question, which is as follows. If the Vikings come out this, I'm sorry, if the Colts come out this week and lose to the Vikings and look as poorly as they did last week, does this become 
the easiest win total on the board this year with that under. Because I have a feeling that this season, if the Colts keep losing and they lose this week, is going to go south very fast for them. Their wide receivers are fair at best. This is sort of the end of the line for T.Y. Hilton. He's not going to be able to play forever. Mm -hmm. Marlon Mack is a solid running back. To lose him for the year and not have any – they have players to replace him, but with almost no experience, you can't expect Jonathan Taylor to be the superstar in 15 games. Uh, They lost their tight end in the offseason. I know their defense is really good. But if Rivers is going to be making mistakes, I think that this is a huge concern for me if the Colts lose. And I think a fair question to say, are the Colts like a two or three win team this year if it gets that bad? Mm. I know that's going extreme right now, but that's that's my long-term view. They might be a five or six win team. That's not extreme. I don't think that's extreme. It, it, saw, it, it looks, it was on the road it looks poor. It looks very poor. Uh, but anyway, we got three games to do. I'll agree with you in the sense I do think the Vikings have a really good shot to win. Ah, I, I'll, I'll say the wrong team is favored, and I'll go, but I can't go all the way in on that because again, you have to make the you have to make a decent team minus three, or else it, it says that the other team's a lot better, and the Vikings aren't a lot better than the Colts. They're probably marginally better. Okay, uh, let's go over to the next game. We got the Giants and Bears this weekend. They're going to play this one in Chicago. What a weird sight this is going to be at Soldier Field with no fans, that's for sure. Uh, Bears are minus five and a half point favorites after their comeback win against the Lions. The Giants did not look particularly good. I'll start off on this game, Joe, and I'll go to you. Uh, first of all, the wrong team is not favored, okay? Uh, the Bear, you, When you have a line that's minus five and a half, you can't say that the other team should be favored. But you, I, I do think that you have to ask yourself the question, how do the Bears deserve to be a six-point favorite or a five-and-a-half-point favorite mm-hmm. over anyone in the NFL? And I think it shows you what basically the odds makers feel about the Bears defense because you can't count on the Bears offense even after what you saw last week. The Lions laid down in the fourth quarter. The Bears scored 21 fourth quarter points and they still almost lost that game to Detroit because they got dominated from start to finish. So it's uh, unfortunately, this is going to be a really popular pick this week. A lot of people are going to take the Giants. The public is going to be on the Giants and love the points and look at the juicy points. So I'm going to say the wrong team is not favored. The Bears should be favored. But, of course, if I'm staring at this game on a big board and I'm betting one of the two teams, I'm taking the five and a half. Yeah, I I agree 100% with that same sentiment. And I saw this game the same way. But, like I said, I'm trying to look for these games here that were tight and there weren't a whole lot. So I was trying to look for a little movement. There's nothing. There really is. And I tried very hard because I did not want to come here to the show today and have you go, Joe, what the hell are you doing to my program, but it's just true. However, I think the other sentiment about the Giants, to keep in mind, having watched that game against the Steelers, look, the offensive line had some issues, but that's also the Pittsburgh Steelers front is so good. But I will say this, I think the Giants have a real shot to cover in this game too. I really, really do. Their outing is going to have much uh, more leeway in the backfield, I think, in this one. Yeah, Khalil Mack, yeah, the Bears still have some good players there on defense, no doubt about that. But again, the Bears won last week. Don't overrate that too much because they are not a good football team offensively at all. And the Giants have a lot of spunk, so keep keep that in mind. What's that third one? We got Rams and, and Eagles, Joe, and the Rams are a point-and-a-half favorite. My guess is by Sunday the Eagles are favored or this is even, but for the time being, are the Rams the wrong team favorite going into Sunday? 
I think so. I mean, you just talked about usually, you know, 500 teams are on what? A uh, three-point favorite at home. And I know this is an overreaction probably to how bad the offensive line of the Eagles played, and that's fair. But the Rams didn't play all that great either. The Rams should have lost that game at home on Sunday Night Football to the Cowboys. They should have lost that game. They won it. Look, I, I get it. I understand what's going on. But I am sorry. I do think the wrong team's favorite here. And I think the Eagles are actually going to win this football game. What do you think, Craig? Yeah, very odd line here. I would have made the Eagles a favorite. I don't understand this one at all. This can't be that big of a reaction to Washington. What am I missing with this? I think the Eagles are better than the Rams. So, man, I am not going to bet this one. It seems too easy. I think the Eagles are going to win this game, and they should. But, you know, look, maybe let's wait to make sure Lane Johnson plays. Let's make sure to wait uh, until Miles Sanders is official for the game. I'm with you on this one. This is a very odd line. Uh, how are the Eagles at home? The Rams are not that good. The, the Eagles should at least be three-point favorites in this game. But then again, they make the odds for a reason, and that's why games like this give me pause. So uh, Joe and I agree on all of these, um, more or less, taking dogs in all three of the games that are on the board this week. All right, we'll be back with more fantasy sports today, so make sure you stay on the grid. When we come back, we've got fantasy or reality. Stay tuned. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back. Fantasy Sports Today. Of course, our programming continues through the weekend. For those of you who may be watching SportsGrid for the very first time, Don't forget, coming up this weekend, we preview all of the games, including giving you a rundown of fantasy football on Sunday. Joe, what's on the schedule for your program this week? Oh, we got a lot of stuff going on. We got Eric Young joining the program, so the faction becomes a little bit bigger. If you're into wrestling, this is the stable you want to be with. You want to be with me, with Matt Stryker, with Eric Young, every Sunday morning on SportsGrid, 8 a.m. We're going to be talking all things fantasy football, so we're going to go the first hour, we're going to do FanDuel stuff, second hour, more season-long stuff. We're going to have a little fantasy roundtable, play some games, have some fun. Hopefully, no one will be put through a table or hit with a chair But I can't promise you that. I I just can't promise you because you never know with the three of us where things are going to go. But that is every Sunday morning. You get a cup of coffee. You sit down with SportsGrid wherever you watch us, 8 a.m. Eastern, and you get all your lineups, all your DFS lineups, all your season-long lineups, everything kind of set for the day. We crushed week one. Some really good stuff there outside of Deshaun Jackson, Boston Scott, and a couple other eh, few things. It was mostly pretty darn good there out of the gate. So now it's time to build on a good week one with a good week two. And I'm sure there's going to be a lot of strange in week two, Craig, because when you look at this slate of games, you see a lot of, you know, big favorites. And I think whenever we walk into that, that is like the biggest trap. Well, we saw this in week one. So that's obviously who these teams are. And you and I know we've been doing this for a long time. That is not necessarily the case. (laughs) Week one, what you see is not always what you think is true. And I think that is a big, big trap. So we're going to make sure we get in there and figure some stuff out because uh, there's a lot to get to. So go check us out here on Sports Grid. 8 a.m. Fantasy Game Day. It's good for your health. <laughs> yeah, 9, 6, and 1 the favorites were last week. I would guess that would flip this week, and that will mean that a lot of big underdogs are going to end up covering. So, yeah, I think that's that's definitely a possibility. Okay, so fantasy or reality as we close out our Thursday edition of the show. Of course, we'll be back here on Friday tomorrow. Jim Sanis will be with us. We've got DFS action. Howard Bender will go over our super contest picks for week two. We finished three and two week one. Try to keep the momentum going. 
But we got to close this show out in style, as we always do, with a little fantasy or reality. So here is question number one, Joe, to you. Last week in the NFL, there were only three running backs that had 100 yards. And by the way, we had to wait until Monday night to get another one. How about that? I mean, what happened to running backs in the NFL? We used to have eight or nine guys at least get 100 yards. We only had three in week one. All right, fantasy reality, Joe. More than three running backs will have 100 yards this week. I'm going to say fantasy. I don't think more than three. I think you can get three. I think one of them is definitely going to be Derrick Henry in the matchup because Derrick Henry just eats that team up alive. Uh, I think Ezekiel Elliott with the Falcons, you're probably going to get that because we all know the Falcons are not big on tackling. And any physical running back that gets out there in space is going to be a disaster for them. And I think the third one might be a surprising one. I think you might get a 100-yard game from Saquon, not from CMC. He did not play well last year against Tampa. Those two games were kind of rough for him. The second one was a little better. That was in London, though. He did score, kind of made up for a, a lackluster day. But that first outing, that was really the only team that kind of stifled him. So I'm looking at those big three. Maybe we'll get one surprise. But I'm telling you, I think you're going to see some differences happening here in this week. You saw Austin Eckler catch just one ball last week. There's going to be a correction there. I think you're going to see him more active in the passing game. So I don't think he's going to get enough carries necessarily to get to the 100-yard mark. Uh, you go look at some of the other guys here. Tonight, Thursday night football, you can get a 100-yard rusher out of end guys as well because Cleveland, they're splitting the backfield there a little bit. Maybe Dalvin Cook can get into that realm too. There might be enough there for him if things go right against the Colts. But I think maybe three is that limit here. And this is just kind of what the NFL is. Do you think you're going to see more than three this week? I do. I'm going to predict more than three. And by the way, I stand to correct myself here. We waited on two running backs on Monday night getting 100 yards. We had one going into Monday night because Henry and Snell both got over 100. Uh, yes, I think that this is going to correct itself a little bit. And yes, I do think more than three running backs will have over 100. Uh, look, in terms of the names, that's not an easy proposition to do. But you named a few of them. Certainly those are possibilities. Uh, you know, Henry is always a candidate for 100. Elliott came four yards short. Uh, and so I'm going to say more than three this week. I, I do think that that has to, that was the lowest number I can ever remember for a week one. And why no one discusses that in fantasy, I'm not really sure. And anything I listen to and watch, I'd love to know the last 20 years how many times that that's happened. I would say zero. But uh, I'm going to go over on three going into this week. Frank Gore is one of them. Uh, now, now I'm going to go down to the well and I'm going to see the now last go the couple years, week one, how many 100-yard uh, rushers we had. Because now I'm curious. You've piqued my interest. Please do. So someone is talking about it. We're talking about it. So we're doing a service to the community right now. Well, because we're I don't understand why. No, never gets talked. Yeah. You're right. All right. Uh, fantasy reality. It. Here's question number two. Good news for those of you who are college football fans. The Big Ten announced that they are back. They're coming back October the 24th. They have a little bit over a month to get prepared for the 2020 season. And look, it has been a struggle to get more than one team into the playoff of the Big Ten for as long as I've been following college football. But they always seem to have one team in. Of course, it's usually Ohio State. It hasn't been Michigan in a while, but Ohio State has you know, certainly been a playoff team, whether it's Ryan Day coaching or Urban Meyer coaching or Jim Trestle coaching or even going further back than that. It's always that Ohio State-Michigan game that determines that. Ohio State was, Joe, ranked second going into the season until they eliminated them from the top 25 because they're not playing. Fantasy reality, the Big Ten will have one team in the college football playoffs in 2020, which, of course, will be played in 2021. Fantasy reality. Uh, I'll say reality. I think they could sneak that one team in there. Uh, why not? I mean, it's also good for business, isn't it? You know, you got to think about this from a business standpoint. you got to... 
you know, sneak a team here and there into the conversation and all that. I know the BCS is dead and all that stuff, but still, I, I, I think that, yeah, yeah, I think you will get that one team kind of sneak in there. Do you, or is this going to be an all SEC thing with the four teams here in your opinion? I think Ohio State will be back in in the top uh, in the final four. Yeah, I do. I think Ohio State went into the season as a potential uh, championship team. Uh, Say it again. Wasn't a good showing for them last year in that playoff, though. (laughs) Right? No, but they don't play anybody during the regular season, and there's not a lot of competition in the Big Ten, so they don't have any outside games that they have to play. There's no like crazy uh, interconference game between them and Texas or Notre Dame or someone else. They basically have to beat Michigan at the end of the year and they do that every year. So I'll say, yes, I got Ohio state playing in the playoff this year. I'll say one team gets in. Okay. Finally, this is something that was very warm in my heart for many, many years when my kids were a lot younger, but you know, you grow up and then you forget all about Chuck E. Cheese. Now here is the story. Chuck E. Cheese, of course, if you hadn't heard, uh, filed for bankruptcy. There's a chance that, like Toys R Us, we don't have a chance to see Chuck E. Cheese or go to Chuck E. Cheese anymore. And if you do, you live in a city that's rare because it looks like these are going away, uh, especially in the day now of the pandemic. It's very hard to envision putting all of your kids in this spot and distancing with video games. It's, it's extremely difficult. But I do, from the past, have a lot of those little white tickets and I think I actually have one here somewhere in my in my office that have that have the number of tickets that you ended up winning. We just never redeemed them because you know what happened, Joe. They shut down everything, and then there was no cashing in the tickets. Now here is the story: they are asking in bankruptcy court, Joe, to burn all of those tickets, burn them all. They can't give anything away. They got nothing to give away. They got no money. Fantasy or reality, Joe? Let's kick it in. Chuck E. Cheese in bankruptcy court, should be able to destroy what they're saying is millions of dollars of prize tickets. Joe, they don't have the toys that could break in five seconds, but they don't have them to give away. Should they be able to do this? Or no, we should be able to redeem. What do you think? How how will we get fake little spiders again? How, How will we find erasers for our pencils? How will we find tops that will work twice before they break? I don't, I don't understand. Like, this is very important to us. And by the way, g- good on those those places for getting rid of the tickets thing. It was the craziest thing. You know, as a kid, you're holding this big massive thing of tickets. Like, it's a big deal. Look at all these tickets. What can I get? Oh, you can get a slap bracelet. There you go. Enjoy that, Johnny. Enjoy that slap bracelet before you get it taken away. That one time you hit it on your sister's head and she screams and you get it taken away and you end up in timeout. Uh, but no, Chuck E. Cheese is probably not the place you want to take your kids either. During the pandemic, I mean that ball pit is basically God knows what's in oh, there to begin it. with, and now you're going to throw a pandemic on top of it. I mean, it's like a COVID ball pit potentially. And you know what? We all should have realized that, and we knew that anyway. I've never taken my kids to Chuck E. Cheese. I did go as a kid. I've taken them to our. You never went? No, with my kids, I personally have never taken the Chuck E. Cheese. We do have an arcade wow. near us that's very cool that I do take them to called Yester Cage, which is awesome. No quarters, no coins, no anything. You pay by the hour, and they've got all these pinball machines and old school video games, and you just play, and you go through. And you know, and like If you like a game, you just keep continuing and playing, no matter how many times you die. It's a great concept. I love it. But the whole Chuck E. Cheese thing was just a lot. I was like, oh, that ball pit and the whole thing. So I'm not surprised. 
I know, like, to take them down by the shore, and they do the whole thing where they play the arcade games there. Well, what does this have stuff, to do with the tickets, Joe? The tickets. Get I, to the I'm point. Reminiscing. I'm, I'm reminiscing. You're not the there. Tickets, Get to the point. The tickets, the tickets I, think, uh, I, I think if you won those tickets, you should get to redeem those tickets. I want my flute that's shaped like a snake, damn it. I deserve that. I worked very hard to earn that. You probably spent somewhere around, I don't know, 50 or $75 just to get that flute that is shaped like a snake. So Craig Mish, should they make good on all these tickets that are outstanding or not? My heart says reality. Uh, my heart says fantasy that they should not be able to destroy the tickets. But my head says reality because, look, a lot of employees lost their jobs. They had to yeah. go bankrupt. And it's like, I feel like this ticket that I have in my drawer, and I'm sure I have in my car console somewhere. I am sure that I have. I, I could go out there, come back, and leave the show for two minutes and come back and show you a ticket that has 200 uh, coupons on it. But in the end, I, I get it. They have no money. They're completely broke. I would not even come close to eating their pizza anymore. That is for I sure. I hadn't even had their pizza in years. Pizza. What about all that cardboard pizza? Uh, yeah, I mean, oh, maybe we could get pizza instead thing? of getting uh, getting toys. Maybe, maybe, maybe that's the fair. They had a regular gig playing there at Chuck E. Cheese every night. That band would play at Chuck E. Cheese. Where are they going to play now? Nobody can go to concerts anymore. What band? Yeah. <sighs> what about? The I'll tell you. I brought my son there hundreds of times. I brought my daughter yeah. there when she was hundreds of times. And it's, I don't miss it, you know, like there are kids and my kids are older. I'm done. I don't have to go anymore. But there is a part of me that will, that it kind of feels a little bit bad for Chuck E. Cheese because all that money that I did spend with them, it was well spent. You know, they had sure, a good time, time there. They enjoyed themselves. So hard for me to say that Chuck E. Cheese has got to take a bite out of that one. So, all right. Uh, anyway. I don't know why did that sound effect made no sense there. I think that there was a guy in the, in the band that did like a crunch. I think there was like a crunchy guy in there in the Chuck E. Cheese band. No, I don't know, but I hope we can get a, a an edit of that sound that you made uh, and or a segment. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, there was like a guy Munch. Munch was the guy's name. There was definitely a Munch in the Chuck E. Cheese band. A hundred percent. There's a Munch in there. Wow, definitely. We we've really we've sunk. It's a new low. It really is. <laughs> Like People fine. tuned in to hear about Kenny Galladay. They got news on Munch. Did not go well. Hey, for well, people. that's important. He's he's going to be out for the year or his life. <laughs> Why couldn't this story have come out two months ago when we had nothing to talk about? It's a good point. I don't now know. We have a lot. I don't know, but I'm I'm sure that I'm sure that part of the story was uh you know of why we were where we were because of the ball pit in Chuck E. Cheese. I'm sure that didn't hurt. It could be the ball pit was responsible for a lot. There was no masks during the ball pit. All right, we got to take a break. We'll have the Sports Grid 60 coming up next, and then we'll say so long for today. Don't forget Terrell coming up later, coast to coast. He's gotcha, and uh, also in game live as well. All the latest in fantasy and reality. Don't go away. We'll be right back. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today. I'm Craig Mish along with Joe Pizapia as we get ready to wrap up the show this afternoon. Just a quick reminder 
You can catch us again tomorrow at noon Eastern, 9 Pacific, as we have our Friday edition of the show, which includes Jim Sanis from, uh, number, oh, from number Fire. He'll be on the show, and he will be breaking down everything in terms of DFS, helping you win this weekend. Uh, also, Howard Bender from Fantasy Alarm and Wager Alarm. He and I will give you an early look at our super contest picks for week two of the NFL. All right, let's turn it over to Joe Pizzapia as he's got a final thought today on something other than Chuck E. Cheese in the Sports <laughs> Grid 60. Joe? Oh, two weeks ago it was gloom and doom. And here in the tri state area, I had to hear a lot of complaining from a lot of Yankee fans. Oh, everybody's hurt. We're not winning all the time. Well, guess what? You've won seven of your last 10 games. Garrett Cole's pitched well in the last two. Luke Voigt's hitting a home run every five seconds, basically. And the Yankees, guess what? Are now only three games out of first place. So the Yankees are getting hot at the right time. They've been dominant at home this year and will make the playoffs and get in at exactly the moment they should be, which is red hot and healthy. And if they are both those things, that is bad news for the rest of the American League. So don't worry, Yankee fans. It looks like everything is going to go your way again. All right. I want to spend the end of this show with one more dedication to my guy, Frank Gore. Uh, look, I understand that Frank Gore is certainly not the fantasy option that you want starting this week. But... The guy has played at such a high level for a long time. And if we're going to sit here and glorify how good Adrian Peterson looks at this stage of his career, Frank Gore averaged about 50 yards in his eight starts that he made last year with the Bills when Devin Singletary was out and he had two touchdowns as well. It's a desperation option in fantasy. But knowing what I know about Adam Gase and how he loves Frank Gore, do not be surprised to see this guy get 50 yards and a touchdown this week. That'll do it for the show. Thanks again to Joe. And I'm Craig Mish. We'll talk to you tomorrow at noon. Have a great day, everybody. See ya. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.